to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. Well, boys, it's been an exciting couple of weeks. We did the 1,000 Total Plays special, and that turned out really, really good, by the way. That was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun. You know, I had a really good time, and uh, holy shit, we're growing a lot faster than I thought we would. So, uh, yay for us. Shout to you guys. Yay for us. We're going to get our Game Tea in no time. Yeah. Yeah. Lipton, we're coming for you. <laughs> I heard one of our viewers is talking trash, though. What's going on with that, JP? Which one? <laughs> I think they all hate us, to be honest. Uh, true, true. Steve, apparently Steve says that we should get bent. Yeah, and I had to go on Urban Dictionary for that one. I didn't know what get bent means, but... Uh, Am I in trouble? You two are. My He thinks I'm great. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do we do? I don't know. You figure it out. Well, that sucks. But not just that, uh, Zar, I heard you have a shiny new toy. I do. What do you got? I got a kick-ass PC. Has Zar told you about his PC? Have I told you guys about my PC? Yeah, doesn't that feel good? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I can (laughs) finally say it. I've never (laughs) been able to say that in my life. All these years of going to the library to play RuneScape. <laughs> hey, kid, you got to take this outside. You're like, but I'm so close to finishing my fire starting technique. <laughs> I just need to get my prayer up and bury a few more bones. <laughs> OK, so we're putting the special behind us and we're getting back on track. We've got a good looking episode today. Zach, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about some Nintendo leaks. Ghost of Tsushima Cells. Wow, okay. Zara, I see what you're saying now. <clears throat> Try that again. Ghost of Tsushima Sales. It is not that hard. It's really not, but if you try going into it all speedily, like you're going to have a bad time. Too many syllables. <laughs> Rocket League is going free to play. Pokemon Go Fest 2020. And then, of course, we'll talk about the games that are coming out. That sounds like a very great episode. Should we dive right into it? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Zach... Um, it looks like Nintendo has had a little bit of a leakage issue. What's going on here? That's a great question. No one knows what's going on, but uh, <laughs> call that Italian plumber. The cool thing go- <laughs> going on, though, is that someone is leaking all of Nintendo's old out of date like um, things. Usually when you hear leaks, you think of like new games coming out. But there's actually like a full development history of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which is cool to see like. Let's say you they had some beta Pokemon that didn't make it into the game. You can kind of check them out now. It also tells you, like, I guess they wrote down some notes on, like, the good things that are happening while they were developing and the bad things that were happening while they were developing. Okay. It's kind of, like, crazy, man. There's just a lot of stuff going on with this. And um, I'll be honest, there's a lot. Like, we have a big list here. Like, there's source code for Star Fox, Star Fox 2, um, source code for Link Awakening Direct um, Edition. What, what do you call that? DX? What's DX stand for? Director's Cut? There we go. Source code to Mario Kart as zero. 
And there's even like source code to where you could add games to the Wii Shop channel, which as you guys know is discontinued. Wow, that's oh. pretty cool. Um, so why is source code like even important? I guess I'll open up to you guys. Do you guys know kind of why they would want source code? I mean, more than anything, no. (laughs) Way to be honest. (laughs) I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't know much of what they plan on doing with this information. Like what Zach mentioned is, okay, so you have a leak of Nintendo's data, but instead of looking at games that are being released, which is what most people who try and get their hands on leaks do, they decided to just go after things Nintendo has already done, which by the way is part of why this is a perfect crime. It's like Nintendo <laughs> never saw that coming. It's like <laughs> Diamond and Pearl, what is, <laughs> you know? Star Fox 2? So take this from the top, Zach. So you talked a lot about source code for all these older games getting leaked. Why does that matter? So usually this comes all into emulating. When you want to emulate a game, you have to pretty much remake it from scratch. But when you have the source code, especially once you have the emulator, you can almost copy paste the video game. And you have it running on whatever you're doing, whatever the Ooh. emulator works on. Oh, okay. yeah, that's how all the modded Pokemon games hit the store. OK. And so now you're going to see like a big leak of like, yeah, like I like how you're saying the Pokemon games. Like we might be seeing Pokemon True Diamond and Pokemon like Glistening Pearl or something dumb like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Don't ever play Pokemon Um, Black. It's a very sad story full of dead Pokemon. There already is a Pokemon Black. Yeah. Well, this is like modded black. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zach, keep going, because this is actually really interesting. Yeah, and I think it really is interesting because usually when people have to make these emulators, they kind of have to work backwards. What do you call it? Um, Reverse engineer these games. Okay. And um, God, you guys can tell that Nap's working right now. Their brain, brain had a thing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they get, they used to have to like reverse engineer. Like you would see like a bunch of Super Mario 64 prototypes are going around. They were trying to HD Super Mario 64 because Nintendo hasn't touched it since 1999. Or I guess that's not true. There was a 2004 DS game. Okay. Um, but they haven't touched it since then. And um, basically once you get big enough as an emulator anyway, like uh, Nintendo will take you down. So this is going to be pretty easy for people who are in that emulation scene to, you know, emulate the games, and <laughs> I guess. Wasn't this a strike back at Nintendo for some disgruntled uh, ROMers or emulators? Um, because I remember quite a few years ago uh, on one of my older phones, I downloaded a GBA emulator and it was like coolroms.com or some shit like that coolroms.com like wow that's inconspicuous yeah and it it would literally have emulators for every single Game Boy Advance game actually every Game Boy Color to Game Boy maybe SP I think was the highest they got yeah okay and everything modded in between and then i checked the website one day and it was gone and there was just a simple note from nintendo saying we don't appreciate you stealing our content this as <laughs> as well as other sites are no longer a thing <laughs> like oh i can't play modded pokemon anymore <laughs> no back in 2018 sorry um nintendo filed a lawsuit against two of those big uh, rom companies it was loveretro.com and the other Love Roms. Um, both of them got shut down. And um, I'm getting this information from uh, Polygon um, by Owen Good. And um, that was back in 2018. So, yeah, I'm kind of thinking conspiracy theory. Maybe these guys have like found out where this all came from and now they're throwing it all back at them. Like, oh, hey, you guys took us down. Now try taking down the entire internet. 
Hashtag good luck. <laughs> and that actually leads me to a couple more questions. Um, first of all, what has Nintendo's response to this been? Yes, not, there's nothing as of now. Okay, nothing, but we're anticipating something coming from Nintendo because every time we've seen something like this happen, um, some type of data leak or some type of breach or emulators or modding, Nintendo's pretty quick to shut it down, right? Right. Um, so yeah, the Nintendo ninjas are pretty famous. You don't you don't mess with Nintendo. But that leads me to this question of why. Emulating and modding is nothing new amongst video games to the point where like it's kind of a joke amongst everyone just like emulating and you know especially modding it's just it's so funny seeing just hysterical mods and like you know dark souls playing as marge simpson against like <laughs> carl weezer or something <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's hysterical and i feel like playstation and xbox are almost in with the joke a little bit like yeah that's pretty funny but nintendo's like no nobody can have our data nobody can emulate things why is that? Well, and why do you think of um, Nintendo? What, what comes to mind right away? Family friendliness. Yeah. Family friendliness, Mario, Pikachu. Um, when you start having stuff like Pokemon Black, um, like Zar mentioned, not Pokemon Black and White, but this Pokemon I think it was Black. Pokemon Pitch Black or something like that. Like some type, yeah, some type of like fan-made Pokemon game. And I mean, it's no skin off their neck if it's like, you know, like only a thousand people download it. Like next to nobody knows about it. Um, but once it starts getting big, you start having questions like, well, why are all these Pokemon dead? Like, Pokemon has never talked about death. I mean, like... Except for the, the tower in Lavender Town. Yeah, with Gary I was going to say, that's... Lavender Town is literally you find a Pokemon cemetery, but I but I do... I digress. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> right, and, and it's more like keeping that clean, family-friendly image. Um, yeah. And it also goes to, like, if they start making money off of this... Does Nintendo get a cut of that money? No. And then you start getting into law and semantics, which you all know, I am not a professional at this, but basically. <laughs> I um, didn't know if you knew this, but Zach's not a lawyer. I'm not a Please lawyer. Please tell us to last. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to use my favorite. Essentially, you know, like it, it gets to where like if you don't take control of your IP, you can basically lose it. And that's all Nintendo really has, you know, is their IPs. So. Um, it's not like they can just straight up steal it, but like you can start getting in some weird things. Like, so Nintendo, since they didn't really make Pokemon Pitch Black, would they get a share of that, or would they? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it starts getting to this no, gray area yeah. of who who owns what, and it also could ruin their family friendly image. Um, so I think it's kind of like a double sided thing. Like for the most part, yeah, it's 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 harmless and it's funny. But like, no offense to PlayStation, but other than like what God of War and I guess Last of Us, which I don't know how many Last of Us games they could really make, but what PlayStation IPs are currently very relevant. Sony currently kind of they cycle through them, which is kind of props to them because I feel like it's pretty hard to make new IPs like they do so often. But you know what I mean? Okay, wait, I'll give it to you for turning that into a positive light because I was about to say, oh. Ho, ho, ho. Buddy, you've gone down the wrong rabbit hole. <laughs> but then you have other companies, you know, like you got Nintendo who is just holding on to their IPs with a death grip. But then you got people like Bethesda who open up an extra tab and say, hey, feel free to tinker <laughs> with our game. But you can probably fix it. Bethesda games already come out modded. Let's be honest there. But, They're not. But look at the good things that came from modded Bethesda. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a game called Fallout Miami. 
but it was done entirely in the game engine of Fallout 4 and about two thirds the size of Fallout 4 for story content and map size. And that was an entirely modded project. You know, I understand both sides of this. I mean, what Zach is saying makes sense. I mean, with Nintendo, their IPs are their bread and butter. And it does raise questions that Zach brought up. Like, does Nintendo get the money if some, or get like a share if somebody's making money off of this? What does it mean for their brand if people find these games and start asking questions like, hey, why are Pokemon dying or whatever? It's, they're not for bad. God forbid questions. Rule 34 crap. You know what I mean? Like, if we ain't trying to do that. Nobody Google Gardevoir. Nobody <laughs> Google Gardevoir. Don't Make do it. Make sure to take your safe search off. No, no shut up. Don't listen to Zar. <laughs> Zar, why? Chaos. And I I love that you counter-argued with um, Bethesda because Bethesda actually at one point, they wanted to make money off of their mods. They're but trying, they, <laughs> but they're out, the outlash was so bad. They like, were, oh no, we were just kidding. Like, we didn't really mean to do it. After like, I think a month of people just yelling at them, saying no, thank you. I think Steam even tried to do it too. Like, there's just a big like. Oh yeah, I think they tried to make money off of Gary mods for a while. Right. Oh, and, for God's sakes. And that kind of goes to maybe corporate greed, but also like, I don't know. I feel like Bethesda's way worse about that because they really just want to take the money. Where Nintendo's like, we just want to protect our IPs because at the end of the day. That's all they got. <laughs> That's all we got. That's what I'm saying is I understand where everybody's coming from here. All right, boys, we need to move on. Oh, but hold on. Okay. Can I just kind of... Just... Yes, yes. If you have something else to say at it. Okay. Super Mario 64. Who's played it? I have a raise in my hand. You can't see it, but I am. You're who about went... to trap us in a corner. <laughs> who went to the graveyard and like the Super Mario 64, like the boo area and like read that and like was like told there was some secret code with that like star thing? I didn't know about that until like two years ago when I was just browsing through YouTube and a bunch of YouTubers were like debunking that. Okay, but I'll let you take it from here because it's really cool. I'm sure you were excited because I remember being eight years old and just going down this rabbit hole. I'm like, what does this mean? Googling back when Google was on like the 2003 OS. Printing spreadsheets as strategy <laughs> guy. Uh, <laughs> those were the days. And they were like, Luigi is playable. And it was like, what? So I spent like two days like YouTube. I guess YouTube wasn't around and trying to find out how to play as Luigi. And lo and behold, obviously I can't get it to work. But it turns out, thanks to these leaks, JP, that there was a game that was going to be called Ultra Mario Bros. 64, which could just be another name for Super Mario Bros. 64. Yeah. But at one point, there is a playable Luigi model in their code. Huh. Okay. How much cooler would Super Mario 64 have been if, like, after you get all 120 stars, instead of just seeing Yoshi at the top, spoiler, sorry, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> spoilers? <laughs> Um, 20 years is not long enough. Shut Luigi up. just pops out and then you get to play the entire game as Luigi with his little extra hover jump or whatever. I'm not going to lie. That'd be kind of cool. All right. So, yeah. Okay. I'm happy now. I got, I got, <laughs> out my I got that off Did your you? chest, buddy. No, that is really cool. And it is actually a huge chapter close for the Nintendo community because everybody has been speculating this on this for since the game came out in like 1999. Everybody knew that Luigi was a part of it. But now we finally have proof that his code was in the game. So that's pretty hype. And eight-year-old me was screaming when he, when he read that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you get that off your chest, buddy? I feel better. Yes. <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo, 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 Nintendo. All right. Well, that's all fine and dandy because now we get to talk about PlayStation. Woo! 
All right. <laughs> Unenthusiastic, yay. Yay! Oh, both of you, shut up. You know you want to play Ghost of Tsushima. In fact, that's what this is about. What's going on in the Ghost of Tsushima world, JP? I'll tell you what's going on in the Ghost of Tsushima world, Zachary. See, it's not that hard to say. Ghost of Tsushima. I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> Too many S's. All right, so look. PlayStation has a pretty solid lineup of exclusives, but Ghost of Tsushima is now PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut ever. They have sold 2.4 million copies through its first three days of total sales, and that's outrageous. That's pretty hype. It really is. And, I was going to uh, say, we know we cher- I feel like we cherry-picked some of these, but I feel like gaming as a whole is growing because I feel like we read a new sell record like every other month on our podcast. Well, it's like we talked about it. We talked about it like a couple episodes ago where we, um, I don't remember who I was. I think it was the article about um, the company who's making Cyberpunk 2077 and who made The Witcher 3 talking something about like competition amongst the gaming industry. In the proper context, all that really means is that developers are being pushed to make better and better games, you know, and that's great for them because it pushes their boundaries forward. And it's great for us because we get great looking games. So, Zach, you're not you guys aren't wrong. I mean, it feels like we talk about some new record that's being broken almost every week. And it's because we're getting such high quality games on the market. It's just it's a good time to be alive, gents. What a time to be alive. Woo! No! Okay, well, I mean, it's a pretty terrible time, but gaming's doing, <laughs> day, gaming's doing okay. For gamers, it's doing all right. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is selling like hotcakes. It's now PlayStation's uh, quickest selling games within the first three days of its lifespan. Right now, it's at 2.4 million units. So I actually took the liberty of looking up a list of kind of like all of the... I want to say top 30 PlayStation best-selling games of all time and kind of where that actually puts Ghost of Tsushima. Because right now, this chart is a lifespan chart, by the way, so it's going to progressively, like, as Ghost of Tsushima sells more, which it obviously will, because it's only been out for a few days now, um, it's going to go higher up on the list. Right now, out of 30, it's at number 17 for best-selling PlayStation games of all time. And that's only after three days. That's crazy. It really is. I mean... I'm looking at this list right now. Ghost of Tsushima has already outsold Nier Automata, which I know a lot of people adored. It's uh, done better than Final Fantasy 15, FIFA 17, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, and even like a longer lasting PlayStation IP, Infamous Second Son. So it's doing really, really well. It's doing really, really well. And just for context, in case anybody was wondering, like the top five, it's like Grand Theft Auto 5, Uncharted 4, Marvel Spider-Man, The Witcher 3, and God of War. So God of War right now is sitting at 10 million sales through its lifetime. I think that came out April 20th of 2018. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima really is on its way to being just, not just another great PlayStation IP, but one of the best maybe. I mean, hell, even Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last of Us Remastered, the you know, those are at about 10 million sales. The way it's looking, Ghost of Tsushima will be there in no time. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to hit single digits into the top 10. And that makes me happy because this game looks like a lot of fun. Now, with that being said, uh, full disclosure, I have not played it yet. JP, you are a PlayStation guy. What the hell? Sorry, I'm sorry. Let me explain myself. You you owe me that. 
Okay. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> we were waiting for the explanation. Oh, you actually want the explanation? Um, <laughs> I've been playing Paper Mario. Nintendo, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo. That I've been playing Paper Mario, and I'm not touching Ghost of Tsushima until I beat Paper Mario because my backlog right now is ginormous. Come and, on, man. Even I'm back on the Xbox. Oh, my God. Zach, you haven't said anything. You're being suspiciously quiet. Just waiting. I'm biding my time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. Now, to be I'm fair, nice. I bought Paper Mario before I bought Ghost of Tsushima. So to me, it's like a sequence thing. But yeah, I'm not playing Ghost of Tsushima until I'm done with Paper Mario. And for are what you, it's are worth... Are you enjoying Paper Mario? I really am. I really, really <laughs> am. <laughs> But I also feel like I'm going to be enjoying Ghost of Tsushima because, first of all, obviously from the sales, people are enjoying it. I haven't looked up a ton of reviews of it yet, but anecdotally, everybody I've talked to adores the game. In terms of quality and just like the overall polish of the game, it's pretty much exactly where they expected it to be. Like, this is just going to be another great PlayStation game. Absolutely. And JP, I want you to know that this almost makes me want to get a PlayStation. Like, I am very excited for this. I'm hoping... I'm this hoping has, they give this the like uh, Horizon um, Zero Dawn approach and they let this go to PC too, because holy crap, I want to buy it. Dude, this look, I, that's what I was thinking when I saw this game. I'm like, this has Zach written all over it. It has all the things he likes. Samurai, swords, sneaking mechanics. I don't like sneaking mechanics. Swords. <laughs> swords. <laughs> Stabbing people. I don't like sneaking mechanics. <laughs> uh, um, High five. <laughs> God, I had a really funny segue for this. Damn it, JP. <laughs> I know, I'm just too funny. I will give JP the benefit of the doubt here because, you know, he is working full time. He is about to go get his master's. He is cute as shit. All right, I'll give him a pass here. I'm only subtracting $200 out of his bank account for not doing his job. That's it. And three vacation days. And three okay, vacations. first of all, I don't have... <laughs> First of all, I don't have three vacation days. Second of all, I don't have $200. I am broke. <laughs> That's not what your college told me. It's, it's milking you dry, baby. I'm coming with. All <laughs> aboard JP's tear train. Woo -woo! <laughs> oh, my God. That's what the game tea is going to be made of. <laughs> my tears. Yes. Cry more, JP. We have buyers. Oh, I cry all the time. <laughs> okay. The point is, this game is selling really well. Everybody loves it. It's going down as another great PlayStation game. I'm going to be playing it literally as soon as I'm done with Paper Mario in the next day or two. And Zach, 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 Zach. I think this might be your entrance into PlayStation, maybe? Uh, when the PlayStation 5 comes out, maybe it goes on sale. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's like you said, PlayStation, and I don't understand why they're doing this, by the way, but they are. They've let a few of their IPs come on over to the PC in Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of its best titles ever and Detroit Become Human, which wasn't as popular, but is actually one of my favorite games. Let's see on this list. So if you're talking the top 30 best-selling PlayStation 4 games of all time, Horizon Zero Dawn is number seven with 10 million copies sold. And Detroit Become Human is at number 13 with 3.2 million copies sold. But still, two very great PlayStation exclusives. So 
they let it go to the PC. And if you're very, if we're all very, very lucky, Ghost of Tsushima may as well. But if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen for <laughs> years. And personally, I don't even think it's going to happen at all because like, I don't know. It's just like if this game turns out to be one of PlayStation's best selling games, they're not going to let go of that, you know? You know what I mean? I know what you mean, JP. Yeah, they're not Xbox. They don't share nicely. They, they, they don't. don't share. And that's where I'll give PlayStation does not play well with others. Like I've seen I see Xbox and Nintendo doing the cross play stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of nice. Yeah, if only PlayStation could put other gamers first, but it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oof, right in the feels. Oh, what am I going to do now except play all my great games? And with that little punch, we ready to move on. Or do you guys got more than that? By all means, you guys should take a look at this top 30 list. It's just a weak Wikipedia page, by the way, but still, it's pretty interesting to see. All right. Yep. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just <laughs> throwing that out there. All right. Uh, this next one's actually kind of quick, so it's perfect. Rocket League tweeted out on their official Twitter at Rocket League. I'm just kidding. I don't know what I was talking about. It's just at Rocket League. Oh, my God. Trust the gut <laughs> for them. All right, it's coming to free to play later this summer. They don't actually have the actual date, but summer, I guess summer doesn't end until September for some weird people. I have to go back to school in August, but I guess for some people, they get to hang out until September. What a bunch of dirt bags. What a bunch <laughs> of dirt bags. Um, you know, Rocket League is an awesome game where you are a car driving at breakneck speeds trying to play soccer with three other people. Yes. Yeah. If it sounds like dysfunctional chaos, that's because it is. And it's really fun. This game is hella popular. Um, what It came out in, what, 2012? When did this game come out? Do you guys want to top your head? Quite a while ago. I'd, I'd say close to that. July 7, 2015 is when it came out to Windows and PlayStation, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Um, this game, according to Wikipedia, some more. <laughs> oh, thank God for uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> earned a number of industry awards and saw over 10 million sales and 40 million players by the beginning of 2018. Now that's It also has its very own eSport and people participate through the ESL in Major League Gaming. Yeah, it does have a world competition. And then that leads into Psyonix's own Rocket League Championship Series. Okay, so full disclosure... I love Rocket League. I haven't played it as much as I've played other multiplayer games like Overwatch on my PC or anything like that. But Rocket League is hella fun. I love Rocket League. Have either of you really dabbled much with the game? In the spirit of full honesty, I have never even touched Rocket League. And that's perfectly fine because you're going to get your chance very soon. (laughs) And, you know, Zara, what's really cool is, JP, what do you own Rocket League on? Uh, Two things, actually. It's on my PlayStation and it's on my PC. Oh, so you'll buy two of those for Rocket League, but not the play, not Borderlands. It's I see. not okay. two for Borderlands, Zach. It's four. It's four copies of Borderlands. I will not do it again. Yeah, because okay. this time it contains all the games. Yeah, in the it, DLC. No, no, stop talking. I what won't do it. Us? <laughs> right. What's cool about this is even though I don't know my Nintendo Switch and I already paid for it, I can I can now play with Zara if he gets interested and JP because they have cross-play, cross-progression. And so JP can go from his PC to his PS4 or whatever, however he wants to do it. Um, and I can even go to my PC now. Maybe we could all play on PC because our, you know, master PC or whatever, whatever that saying is. Have I told you guys about my new PC? No, tell me all about it. Oh, it's pretty kick-ass. I got 32 gigs of RAM. Me too. Yeah. So JP and I both have a positive opinion about Rocket League. Czar, when this goes free to play, are you going to play it? Uh, I might dabble. I mean, I can't argue with free. You can't <laughs> you ever really argue can. with that's, free. That's true. Now, some of you might be thinking, 
Well, how are they going to make money? Well, first off, they have their own esports, like we talked about. So that gets some oodles of advertising cash, but they also <laughs> have battle pass that they've implemented and cosmetics. So don't worry. Skin still equal wins, baby. Oh, so this is the route we're going down. Okay. Paint oh. your car red and go faster. Gotta go fast. If you bought it on the Nintendo Switch, you got like a, a Mario Kart one. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then you, you even get like one as like Samus' ship. So that's like, really cool. I'm not going to lie. That's cool. And then there's a Luigi one, but we don't talk about that. So Zach, sum, <laughs> Zach summed up the game pretty well. Um, it's essentially so, like hypersonic soccer. It's like super colorful, lots of explosions and stuff mixed in with RC car racing. And it's just a great freaking game. So absolutely. If that sounds interesting to you, just give it a few more weeks. And apparently this bad boy is going to be uh, free free to play and yeah skins does equal wins by the way so do with that information what you will <laughs> all right guys you ready to go to our final article i Have think been so. here the whole time oh hey Zar, when did you get here <laughs> i just got here oh perfect timing take this article over buddy <laughs> yeah all right so as many of you listeners out there may know pokemon go fest has just recently ended and at a $15 price tag to participate in the juicy bits of the event, did they hit their mark? So this article comes to us from GameSpot and is by Kevin Nezvik. I'm gonna go with Kevin Nezvik. Sounds good. I like how you rolled at the end. I think that's a, yeah, that's a solid. <laughs> <laughs> so what was really interesting, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, is that for the very first time, Pokemon Go Fest 2020 would be taking place in the home, wherever you are. And it was a two day event. Normally, it's just a one day event. Right. And we got all of the information on day one uh, a couple weeks in advance. So just backing up to kind of reiterate that you get this virtual lounge, which allows you to interact with other players on your team. So Instinct, Valor or Mystic and participate in giveaways, keep track of live updates, watch interviews uh, with the Pokemon Go developers. Um, it also let you keep track of bonuses that were achieved throughout the day. Um, furthermore, they had rotating habitats that changed on the hour every hour. It was very cool. That sounds awesome. I did participate in this event and I got a lot of really cool stuff out of it. It was like being at all of these Go Fests. Um, the habitats, though, so every hour it would change from fire type to water type to grass type to battle type and then friendship type. And I know I made jokes about the friendship habitat in a couple episodes ago, but it was actually pretty cool because it was all of the Pokemon that you have to walk certain distances with or, you know, realistically within the games get their happiness levels up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was all the pink Pokemon and like Pikachu and all the poster Pokemon and all that stuff. So that was kind of cool. Next was a special research story, which this was virtually the only thing you needed to pay for. If you didn't buy the ticket, you still got all of these awesome uh, events that you could participate in. You just couldn't do research tasks. Now, this is the good part. Everyone wants to know what Pokemon made appearances in this game. And there were some really cool ones. Yeah, for $15, um, it better be. Well, traditionally, they have a lot of unknowns that spawn at GoFest. Unfortunately, this time they only had two. It was G and O. 
<laughs> Thanks for the antique. <laughs> oh, those bitches. <laughs> right? Uh, tons of shiny Pokemon. I think I got a shiny Chinchow, a Clam Pearl. Uh, oh, a shiny Baneri, and one other thing. I don't know. Lots of shinies. Ooh. Um, plus some regionals. I finally caught a Durant. Ooh, a Durant. Now my collection's complete. Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, also... The, one of the coolest things I thought was washing machine Rotom would photobomb you and then you'd have a chance to catch him. LOL. <laughs> yeah. So lots of really cool Pokemon. That was day one. It was lots of fun. Every time the world completed a set number of challenges, which they gave us like a million great throws in an hour or something like that. And the world would have it done in five minutes. So you get up these bonuses and that it was just really cool to see and be a part of. All for day one. It's like sometimes you question it, but with Pokemon, you you know for a fact they have just such a huge freaking player base. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and there was ridiculous Betty that would rain down, and lots of spawns. It was it was just super cool. Now that takes us to day two. If avid listeners remember correctly, they didn't announce anything from day two until the day of. Oh wow! And that's because Team Rocket took over. <gasps> Damn it. Literally, they covered up all of the Pokemon Go logos with their their R's and all of the confetti that was on day one turned into a Team Rocket confetti. Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah. And then they added another day two research story, but it was exactly the same as uh, Team Rocket Go. It, it was when they announced that they were doing the balloons and so they had an event for that. It was the exact same research tasks. Huh. And so that $15 price tag was just for those two-day research tasks. Okay. So as a whole, the event, the two-day event sounds really cool. It sounds like you got a lot of out of it. It sounds like um, there was diversity and it sounds most of all like they were willing to accommodate the players who had to stay home thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh yeah. My big question for you, Zar, is it sounds like you get most of this stuff without having to buy the $15 battle pass. It's true. Like you could have participated in all of the fun and like like you said, they really were accommodating because I caught all of these wicked cool Pokemon and I didn't leave my house. Like I was in my basement <laughs> all day. <laughs> Never spun a stop or anything. The question is basically, was it worth it? Was it worth dishing out the 15 bucks? In my opinion, no, it was not. It was fun. And honestly, the challenges were just kind of frustrating. And once you got them done, it was just kind of like, okay, well, what now? I'm just going to go back to collecting. But now here's where it gets interesting, because for the actual Pokemon Go collectors out there, yes, this pass was absolutely essential because if you missed your chance to catch Mewtwo, you get a Mewtwo, you get the legendary birds. You also get a new mythical discovery from Gen 5, Victini. Right, and Victini is like the best mythical Pokemon they've released. He has like some OP move called like V-Star. I just, I really wanted a Victini. Like I probably should have done this, but. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It sounds awesome. But it was, it was such a bitch to get through because on day two, just to get Victini. Oh, and I should say, by the way, if you didn't participate in day one or like complete one challenge from day one, well, that sucks because you don't get day two stuff now. Oh, really? Yep. You had to participate for to unlock day two. Huh. 
um, the boss battles, because you had to beat all of the rocket bosses, Arlo, Cliff, and Sierra, and then Giovanni just to finish day two. And I almost didn't do it because I was like, well, fuck that. I'm still on the challenge for beating the bosses from a couple weeks ago. Right. But uh, luckily my fiance did it all and like wiped the floor with me and, and beat this within an hour. She's like, oh yeah, no, the bosses are nerfed. They're super easy. And yeah, sure enough, the bosses were super easy to kill. All their Pokemon were 2,500 CP, CP or less. Dang. Yeah. It was probably all gold bats and Persians. <laughs> no, it was their legitimate Pokemon. Like they all used legendaries and some really heavy hitting Pokemon, Oof. but they were just nerfed. Okay. Which I mean, was also kind of cool because, you know, then I completed the challenge from Team Rocket Go Fest from month or so ago that is interesting but overall for the average player uh no the price tag was not worth it but for the collectors unfortunately niantic just stole your money again i am included See, in that poll though <laughs> i think i think it's funny that you're saying that because it sounds like this took over two days of your life and you had a like i mean like yeah it was challenging but you got some really cool pokemon out of it i did get some really cool pokemon so you got to ask yourself is $15 worth Victini? Like, are you okay with buying this mythical Pokemon? Well, mythical Pokemon have always been crazy hard to get. So, I mean, I guess that is up to anyone's discretion. I will say, if my wife, who didn't pay for it, has put in, I want to say, probably 10 to like 15, maybe even 20 hours on just this weekend playing this. Damn. Um, and she's gotten almost like 15 shiny Pokemon, and she has just been in love with it. And then I had a, another friend, Zar, who... Um, has been playing and he paid for it and he said it was challenging but he got so many shiny Pokemon he's pretty stacked and so I really like how you said like if you're a collector I feel like that's the people who are still playing Pokemon Go anyway like that's why I paid right they're pretty ecstatic over this I don't know it feels like you're more upset that the free people got that the other people got almost as much as you did without paying anything basically and I mean I just wish they could have spruced it up with a, some better bonuses because like I said the Victini discovery. And I mean, I did walk away with 49 rare candies, which is pretty nice. Other than that, those were the only good rewards. And I just, I don't know, I expected a little bit more bang for my buck, especially with how extravagant and bedazzled that all the free stuff was. I mean, other than that, it sounds like it was an incredibly fun event. I think whatever your opinions are on the whole $15 thing and getting Victini, Overall, it sounds like you they really did something special for this Pokemon Go Fest. I think that's really cool. It all sounds incredible. Just looking at all the stuff that they offered to you, it almost makes me wish that I had participated, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, I am so glad I participated, paying $15 or not, because I love Pokemon Go. And overall, as a whole, the entire Pokemon Go Fest was a huge success, I thought, considering that every other Pokemon Go Fest to date was riddled with server errors. And this time they spread it worldwide and didn't have any server errors. That, that is impressive. Well, next to none, because there was uh, now you can invite people to raids, but that was down for most of the weekend. So that was the only technological hiccup they had. And I mean, it's... Yeah, that doesn't seem like a huge like, oh, that's going to ruin the day for me type thing. But it was kind of cool. I got invited to do a legendary raid in Texas. That is cool. That's yeah. very, honestly, that's very cool. 
Zach, what do you think? Do you wish you'd participated in this like me? I'm pretty over Pokemon Go. I don't wish just seeing Chris do it all the time and her getting shinies while I'm sitting there with like the same stupid Zubat every freaking time. <laughs> um, it's a yeah. Zubat. It's a Zubat. And then I, I kid you freaking not. I'm about to go into the shower. Krista goes, can I see your phone for a bit? I'm like, of course, whatever. The first thing she clicks on is a shiny Marowak. If that would have been me, nothing would have been there. Man, nothing. I would have literally, <laughs> the, the server would have crashed and said, nah, you're good, homie. If it was you, you if it was you, you would have clicked on that Marowak and it would have been a Zubat. <laughs> Chris down here just like she's got like some shiny crap, man. I, I don't know what it is. No, I'm that's just, I'm so jealous of it at this point, I just can't be around. It just makes me angry. But that's kind of my own that's my own life problems. <laughs> jealous of my wife. <laughs> She is. Krista is amazing at picking up shiny Pokemon. And not even just in Pokemon Go. Her luck in Sword and Shield for finding shinies was phenomenal, too. How? Yeah, it carries over somehow. I don't I don't understand. I, don't, I put I so many hours into Shield, and I haven't found one freaking shiny. Oh, Krista. To give Krista your freaking switch. She'll find give it. Give her 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just my entire dex is just full of shinies. All right. Well... That's pretty much it for news today, boys. Uh, you want to talk about some game releases? Yeah, yeah. What's coming out? All right. Who hasn't done game releases in a while? JP, when's the last time you've done it? Huh? That's true. Uh, you know, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> JP, you do it. Are you sure I can handle it? You can read. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's Zar who can't read. You can't I math. can't read. Oh, JP can't right. math. That's right. Zar can't read, and I can't do math. <laughs> and I can't lawyer. <laughs> Man, we suck. But the first game on the upcoming games list is a sequel. How many Ooh. games is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's algebra. <laughs> I didn't like algebra. Oh no, there's a plus sign in the next one. <laughs> in the number. Zach, you did this on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you were. Right. Because Zar was just about to take it, and then you were like, oh, I think JP should do this. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the upcoming game releases. On July 31st, we have Castle Storm 2 coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. On July 31st, we also have Cat Quest and Cat Quest 2 Possum Pack. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's possum. <laughs> Still getting it. Still on my to-do list. That's coming out for the PS4 and the Switch. Zar, is that your game or what? 120%. Percent. Percent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I still can't do math. <laughs> Wows. What's a percent? Anyway, also on July 31st, we have Fairy Tale coming out for PC, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. On August 4th, we have Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout coming to the PC and the PlayStation 4. On August 4th, we also have Hellbound coming out on the PC. And one more game coming out on August 4th, big day on August 4th, we have Scully coming out on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course, the Nintendo Switch. I'm really happy to see all these games coming to the Switch. I feel like they've really won back like third-party support. I don't know. It, it makes me happy to see. What do you think? What are you thinking, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So as always, we've got one game that we're hyping up this week, and we've decided to do Hellbound for PC coming on August 4th. To be honest, I haven't heard too much about this. This was the one that Zach wanted to hype up, really. Zach, what do you know about this game? All right, all right. Full disclosure here, okay? 
Um, fairy tales, anime. So if you like anime, that might be your that might be the one game that you want us to type up. Um, Cat Quest and Cat Quest Two Possum Pack. That seems like a no brainer, but <laughs> here's what I went with. I went with Hellbound for PC coming out on August fourth. Now, why did I go for Hellbound for PC? Because it's a classic FPS shooter style game, like the good old days. An action game focused on speed, gore, guns, and metal music. I'm like literally, I'm seeing Zar right now as I talk. Yeah. Oh my God. It's got that um, 90s classic modern visuals and audio. And I, you know, there's just one game that tipped my tongue that I'm thinking of that sounds like that's already like a big hit. Hello Kitty Island Adventure 2. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Hello Kitty. Yay. So that's I like Hello Kitty. Um, The one thing that I couldn't find on this thing was, um, there's no price yet. It just says it comes out August 4th. Um, so I'm hoping that it's like 20 bucks or less. If it is, this seems like a pretty good deal, especially if you're into like Doom. Not Hello Kitty, JP. You're stupid. <laughs> if I remember right, wasn't this originally a mod for Doom 2? Like Brutal Doom almost? How do you get more brutal than Doom? I Whoa. mean, <laughs> you punch things and they explode. Ah! doesn't really say so i have no ideas are on that one because i i remember hearing about this and this may have been back in the days of like g4 the the tv station but i swear i remember seeing something about hellbound as like an emulation of doom i always love hearing about games like this because hellbound the thing the game that's coming out that we're hyping up here it does sound a lot like doom these are the kind of games that like you know when you see these parents in courtrooms complaining about these violent video games, it's always like hell games like Hellbound. So I think it sounds awesome. Speed, gore, guns, metal music. It doesn't get better than that. Oh, if it just had like, I don't know, every five minutes you got like a pecan pie break. Like that'd be it. <laughs> this is my <laughs> game. Having a break. Yeah, um, so that is part of the game I want to hype up this week. Anything else you guys want to add to that? I just found it. Hellbound was an original mod of Doom. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Sars not crazy. That's that's very cool. Um, like Zach said, there hasn't been any reviews posted on the game yet, so we're making it sound really cool. But I'd wait to see a couple of reviews come out for it first. But and Zach's right. If the price is at twenty dollars, this sounds like a steal. It sounds like a good time. Can't go wrong with good, good old fashioned shoot 'em up gore. Yeah. With all that, anything else you guys want to add? Are we ready to close this bad puppy out? Another successful episode. Yeah, I think it's time to end this because um, this segment is going to be uh, <laughs> the segment for Saturday is going to be nuts. It's going to be nutty. Don't be a doozy. <laughs> yeah, man, your Nintendo guy needs to get his uh, reality checked because he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, I was literally in my bed watching the Nintendo event when I just could literally feel from miles away Zach's disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that on Saturday. Yep, that's right. It's an episode you don't want to miss. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> Zach, why do you sound so somber, buddy? It's going to be a good day. Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> Sad Nintendo noises. <laughs> Mario. Mario. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye.
<laughs> sad Nintendo noise. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast. <laughs>